Inflammatory bowel disease is a group of disorders that cause painful and chronic inflammation to the digestive tract, with Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis being the two most common forms of IBD. It is a disease that cannot yet be cured, but it can be managed with the use of medications and other treatments. Diet and lifestyle can help play a role in managing symptoms of IBD, and in this podcast, I'll look at some of the evolving research for future potential treatments. Inflammatory bowel disease is a chronic inflammatory condition of the colon and rectum. Ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease are the two main types of IBD. Ulcerative colitis affects the colon, whereas Crohn's disease can occur in any part of the intestines. Common symptoms of IBD include persistent diarrhea, abdominal pain, rectal bleeding and bloody stools, weight loss and fatigue. The exact cause of IBD is unknown, but is likely the result of a defective immune system where the immune system responds incorrectly to environmental triggers such as viruses, bacteria or even food in the gut. The result is inflammation of the gastrointestinal tract. Now, IBD should not be confused with Irritable Bowel Syndrome, or IBS. Although people with IBD may experience some similar symptoms to people with IBS, IBD and IBS are very different conditions. No specific diet has been shown to prevent or treat IBD. Most people with Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis can tolerate all types of food and normally don't require any special dietary restrictions outside of cutting back on foods that are known to trigger inflammation and flare-ups. For example, during flare-ups of the disease, some people find that a bland, low-fibre diet is easier to tolerate than one that contains high-fibre or spicy foods. Many people with IBD are likely to follow dietary advice from a variety of sources, including the internet. And even though there is no shortage of dietary advice and a range of diets to try, there is very little scientific evidence for most approaches. So for this podcast, I wanted to touch on two particular areas of interest. Now, even though IBD and IBS are very different conditions, IBD does have some connection to IBS because of IBS-like symptoms are overrepresented in people with IBD. Considering the growing evidence of the beneficial role of a low FODMAP diet to treat IBS, a low FODMAP diet is at least being looked at for what role it could play in people with IBD. FODMAP is an acronym for fermentable oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides and polyols and includes carbohydrates such as lactose, fructose, fructans, which are long chains of fructose molecules, such as inulin, and sugar alcohols. FODMAPs are found in many foods, including wheat, milk, pears, plums, onions, garlic, and legumes. FODMAPs can be poorly absorbed in some people, leading to their accumulation in the small intestines and passing into the large intestine. Once there, they can draw more water into the bowel, which increases the chance of diarrhea. FODMAPs can also increase gas production from their fermentation by colonic bacteria. 
These effects of FODMAPs in the bowel explain many of the symptoms reported in IBS. We are now starting to see some clinical trials emerging in this area, asking the question if a low FODMAP diet could offer some therapeutic benefit in people with IBD. Italian researchers in 2019 completed a small, short-term study to look at this. 55 adults between the ages of 20 and 75 years with IBD who were in remission or had mild disease activity took part in the trial. Each person was randomly allocated to follow either a low FODMAP diet or a standard diet for six weeks. Various measures such as disease severity, inflammation and quality of life were assessed. And I'll link to this study in the show notes. The results look promising with those on the low FODMAP diet experiencing a decrease in disease severity and inflammation. And this was seen in people with both Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis. There was also a small improvement in the quality of life in those on the low FODMAP diet. This small proof-of-concept pilot study shows promise that a low FODMAP diet may have some therapeutic potential in managing IBD. A low FODMAP diet, though, should be undertaken with advice and support from a dietitian, and it is not recommended to be a long-term diet solution. And following on from this research study, a similar type of trial published in 2020 in people with IBD also found some improvement in IBS-like symptoms and health-related quality of life. And taking it one step further, a stool analysis found lower levels of bacteria believed to regulate the immune response in people on the low FODMAP diet. And I'll link to this study in the show notes. And that last point I made about gut bacteria is now starting to resurface in some very interesting ways. And it is to do with a highly experimental therapy of fecal microbial transplants, or FMT for short. It is the literal transplant of an entire microbial ecosystem from the stool of a healthy donor to the recipient via a colonoscopy to help restore or restructure the gut microbiota. In a study from 2015, it was found that a significantly greater percentage of people with active ulcerative colitis who were treated by FMT experienced remission compared with those who were given a placebo. Compare that to a study from just last year that examined treating patients with Crohn's disease who were in remission with FMT, which also found a lower rate of flare-ups of the disease. So it is still early days for this sort of therapy before it moves from clinical trials into mainstream treatment, but it builds on what we know about our gut and the microbes in it for how they affect our immune system. If you want to read a recent update review on this field of FMT therapy in IBD, I'll link to a really good review paper in the show notes. So let's wrap this up. Although none of the studies published to date suggests that dietary therapy should completely replace traditional therapy with medications or surgery for IBD, in certain people, diet could be attempted as a first-line therapy with close follow-up and change of therapy if a complete response is not achieved. In other people, dietary modification can be used to potentially augment the effectiveness of medications and to help with the relief of the painful symptoms of IBD. 
So that's it for today's show. You can find the show notes either in the app you're listening to this podcast on if it supports it, or else head over to my webpage at thinkingnutrition.com.au and click on the podcast section to find this episode to read the show notes. If you find this podcast of value, then please consider sharing it with your friends and colleagues, or maybe even leave a review. This all helps increase the ranking and reach of the podcast, which means a big win for credible, evidence-based nutrition messages while helping to dilute out the crazy and making the world a slightly less confusing place. I'm Tim Crow, and you've been listening to Thinking Nutrition. Thinking Nutrition.